everybody. Welcome to AU4H Radio. My name is Lori Ann Smith. I'm your uh, one of the hosts. We've got Lee Roberts and we've got Donna Shear here, and we're glad to be back. We are excited about our new program. And hello, everybody. <laughs> and we hope that you uh, get something out of this as well. Um, we're very excited about this new program that we've got going, um, Community Kids Watch, and kind of how it's evolving. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We've added missing children into it because it's important. You know, children go missing. Um, we're going to talk about the stats and we're going to discuss this because if, if you don't know a whole lot about it and haven't really heard a lot about it, children, I mean, the amount of children that go missing just in the United States and Canada alone is mind boggling every year. Many are found, thank God, but there are many that stay on that list and stay on that list year after year. And their family members and their parents and their friends are waiting for them to come home. And you know, they're still waiting. And it's like, we, this really affects us all when you think about it, because it could be your family. It could be, you know, hypothetically my family, it could be somebody in my, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. So that's why it's so important that people, you know, just become aware and, you know, become another set of eyes out there watching out and looking out for children. And, um, you know, for anybody who's vulnerable, really. So we're glad to be here. Hello, Donna. Hi. Hi, Lee. <laughs> we're really glad to be here. And I'm going to just talk a little bit about um, my, you know, in Canada, we've got uh, missing, missing children database. The States has one, too. And I think it's sort of the same thing. It's This one is called missingkids.ca. And just, you know, just looking on there, briefly just on the front page it says in canada more than fifty thousand children are reported missing to the police every year and so they say most of them are found which because they're short-term missing for short-term periods which is thank god but some become long-term missing child cases and you know they're still looking for some of these children i mean years decades later and nobody knows what happened to them you know the the the, the cases the leads go cold um, you know, there's, they're still investigating and they're still trying to find children to bring them home. And these people would now be, you know, 40, 50 years old. Right? Yeah. Um, it's insane. And we really all need to take, to do our part. I know I do when I see a missing children's page or, you know, it, it, I just take a look. I just take a look at the child that's missing, you know. And in my heart, I say a little prayer, but I'm also looking to see what that child looks like. Because you never know. I could be out walking around, you know, downtown Calgary, and that child's face flash across my path. And I'm like, that's that missing kid. You know what I mean? Um, we all just should be aware. So I'm, you know, I'm glad to, to do that because it's so important. And um, 50,000, when you think about that, 50,000 every year, 50,000 children reported missing every year to the police. That's a crazy number, but that's reality. Most people just wouldn't even realize that that's happening. And that's just in Canada. That doesn't include the states. And I know like like Lee Roberts is gonna give some, some statistics and whatnot for the United States. And um, when you think about it, 50,000, our population up here in Canada is a lot less than the United States. So the, the numbers down there would be incredibly, you know, larger, a larger amount of children. So this is every year. This is not like a one-time thing, you know. This is like 50,000 children every year reported missing. Um, and like we said, some short-term, thank God, they're found, they're brought home safe. 
wonderful. Um, but then there's that other percentage that are not, and they're still searching. So incredibly important for people to get get the information, get the facts. I mean, I myself, um, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna go into too many details here, but I was, uh, I had, a, I was almost kidnapped three times when I was young and um, was roughly five years old, six years old. I was often out in the yard playing by myself, unsupervised, um, you know, children that are unsupervised, no one's watching out for them. Um, somebody doesn't watch out for them, like a neighbor, you know, or something. They're gonna, that kid could disappear so quick, you wouldn't even believe it. So the issue is um, twice I was walked off down the, down the street by a, by a man. And a neighbor actually saw this happening and stopped this man from walking off the block with me and, you know, took me safely to her house and then took me home. Where was my mother? Not paying attention because she obviously didn't have a clue the children can go missing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Now, I do remember this. And I do remember the guy walking off with me. I was very young, but I still remember it. And then um, another time when I was around 12, 13, I was at a state fair in New Mexico. And this um, this guy who was probably about 20 came up to me and started talking to me and grabbed my arm and started to sort of walk me away from the crowd to a sort of a dark area where the trailers were, where the... Where the uh, you know, the roadies are where the state fair people, you know, whatever you call them, they they stay in their trailers. Mm -hmm. And I, I was very much afraid that this guy was going to take me back there. And, you know, who knows? You know, I knew what would happen. You know what I mean? Be raped or something or killed, uh, end up in the sex trafficking industry. You know what I mean? Um, I did. I mean, I, I was making an effort to get away from him. And he was literally dragging me along with him. So I saw a woman in front of me, an older lady, and I screamed out, mom, like that. <laughs> Just hoping she would clue in because otherwise I was going to start fighting with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. And she was like, you let your, get your hands off my daughter. She said, <clears throat> and that guy was like, oh, I didn't touch her. I didn't touch her. And she said, I saw what you were doing. You get lost. You see, none of these people were reported, you know. Yeah. They're still walking off. They might have walked off with another child that night. See, I was just really, really lucky to get away from these people. Very lucky. And, you know, that's, I mean, I, I, I was often running around the city by myself, the city of Albuquerque <laughs> at a very young age, you know, unsupervised, no adults around, you know, nine years old, running across the city. Um, anything could happen, right? But thank God it didn't. I'm still here. The thing is, that's how scary it is, and that's how common it is. And I think that a lot of people don't realize just how common it really is. And so, you know, just nuts. So, Lee, I know Lee has some great information for us. And, uh, Lee, you can go ahead. Lee is big in on the missing children. She's always yeah. been involved um, big time with missing children. So, even though Lee. Lee is part of the deaf community. Just in case anybody's watching and doesn't doesn't know what's going on, Lee is deaf. She's part of the deaf community. We Donna and myself only know so much sign language, so we don't know. <laughs> but um, Lee Roberts, she's uh, she speaks, but she's deaf. Yeah, she's deaf. 
Hey. Um, okay. This is this is a topic that is very very close to my heart because my own son went missing when he was three. Um, I'll get into that. Share a little bit about that story in a minute. <clears throat> First, I want to share some some key facts, some statistics with you. Um, First, we have um, now Donna lives in Pennsylvania. There's 179 listed missing children in Pennsylvania, and that's with the NCMEC, the Missing and Exploited Children's website. And here in Florida, we have 395, 395 kids listed. Um, not all the kids who are missing get reported, so we know the numbers are, are rather skewed. They're definitely not accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, it's, there are many reasons that it doesn't get reported. Um, so many different reasons, but I want to share with you from, from NCMECs, it is, um, in 2019, and this is according to the FBI, that there were 421,394 NCIC entries for missing kids, and that's the National Crime Information Center, the NCIC. And in 2018, the total number of missing children entered into the NCIC database was over 424,000. You know, it's like a half a million. That, that's a lot of numbers. That, that's a lot of missing kids. Um, mm -hmm. Well, like I said, it's there are many more missing that don't get reported. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there are over, they've received over 5 million calls. The, the NCMEC have received over 5 million calls to their national toll-free hotline, which is 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. You know, they, they're an amazing organization um, that have helped bring in, uh, a lot of kids home, along with they've circulated billions of, of images, pictures of missing children, and assisted law enforcement in the recovery of more than 341,000 missing kids. And they facilitate training as well for more than 377,000 law enforcement, criminal, juvenile justice, and healthcare professionals. Um, the first 48 hours when a child goes missing is the most critical it's the most critical time period for the safe recovery uh, of the child. Um, now, there are cases where children and teens have, have been missing for literally for years. And, you know, we went up three young women in Ohio, um, Gina de Jesus and, and the other two young girls that were kidnapped and um, held in a basement, held in a guy's basement as a family man. And he's got you know, young girls locked in his basement. Then, and, and they were they were missing for many, many years, but they were recovered safely. Yeah. You know, thank God for that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's critical that people get involved. It's critical if you see something that doesn't sit right with you, that doesn't feel right, that that you get involved, that you speak up, that you say something, make a call if you have to. Um, if the people who did not, if the people who jumped in, excuse me, I'm, I'm dealing with the migraine still, so. Um, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> if these people did not speak out, they gave a shout 
when they saw this little boy being um, spoken to across a major state road and in the parking lot of Kroger stores. This was in San Antonio, Texas. Um, if they did not get involved, my son, I, I don't believe I would have ever had my son back. Um, he was he was brought back to me safely. But the thing is, I, I was standing talking to a neighbor. Kids can disappear so quickly. They're fast. They are fast. And, and they don't process like um, information you know, like we do, there's like, oh, I like this, or I'm, I'm going to go get this, I'm going to go do this, and we don't stop and tell mom, you know, not at two and three years old. So I was no. in an apartment complex in San Antonio, and I was literally talking to a neighbor two doors down, we were five feet apart from one another, my son, who was about three then, he was, he was a couple of feet behind me playing on the ground, and, you know, I've looked up we were having conversation this neighbor and i and i looked down a few minutes later and he was literally gone yeah he was gone they, 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 yeah, they are no sight of him and, you know when i looked <laughs> the apartment complex looked to see if he ran back into the apartment there's nothing he wasn't on the other side of the the um the parking lot or the building where we lived at and i went to a total panic but the first thing i did was contact local law enforcement and had they went out searching for him. They they sent a deputy over. I gave them all the information, uh, the photo of my child, and they they went out looking for him. And they got a call in the meantime from a couple of electrical substation workers that noted they saw someone speaking to a little boy in the parking lot across the street. With the guy had his window rolled down, and one of them yelled across the across the the road, and they yelled pretty loud because that's a busy road, that's a busy inter um, busy state road, and they yelled, and this guy took off like a bat out of you know what, and the woman went over there and she got she picked she got the little boy brought brought him back to safety at the substation, um, and that's when they contacted deputies and said hey you know um, we we found this kid, you know, being talked to by someone um, that didn't didn't seem right. We yelled, and he took off. And the deputy actually brought my son back to me in, in less than two hours. And those two hours were pure hell, absolute yeah. hell. Because no you know, one being a survivor, I know what's out there. That's right. I know the evil that's out there, and the evil that's out there hunting our children. And yeah, it turned out that as the deputy put my son in my arms, he waited till I was holding tight onto my boy. And then he told me that was very likely the pedophile that they have been searching for that was loose in our neighborhood. I crumbled, <laughs> I crumbled. Oh, yeah. um, sorry. No. Um, I know if they did not speak up, if they did not say anything, the things that would likely have happened to my child with this this monster, um, and the fact that I may never have seen him again. Mm -hmm. So I am so incredibly grateful for um, for the people that got involved. They were the only ones that said anything. They were the only ones that said or did anything. So you know it's important for those of you listening. 
are watching this that it's important to know that you might be the only voice that speaks up. You might be the only one to make a phone call. Mm -hmm. And you will save it. You could save a child's life, like my son. I, you know, um, it's still yeah, like me. 40 years old, 40 yeah. and a half. And I've got five beautiful grandchildren. So, you know, I just imagine. I don't even like to imagine the things that could have happened, no. but no. that is what spurred me on to do a lot of volunteer work for missing and for unidentified children. Um, that was just, God just put that on my heart because I know the panic and my heart aches for those parents whose children are still missing. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, whether they're small children or grown children, they're somebody's child, they're somebody's loved one. Um, That's right. But it's so it's so important to get involved, to, to pick up that phone, to speak, to say something, to yell out um, like these wonderful people did. It's it's so important because you will save a child's life. Um, yeah, there's just <laughs> catching my breath here. Um, yeah. That's you know when a child is reported missing to law enforcement, federal law does require that you know that child be entered into the FBI's National Crime Information Center or, or the NCIC. And like I said, it's the first forty hours, forty-eight hours. They're absolutely critical. You know, in twenty nineteen, according to the FBI, in twenty nineteen there were four hundred twenty-one thousand three hundred and fifty-four. I'm sorry, 394 NCIC entries for missing kids. It's like and, a half a million. And yeah. in 2018 was over 424,000. And you know, those those are just the numbers that excuse me, that we know about. Those are the cases that have been reported. Those are right. reports that have been made of of missing children by their loved ones. You know, and, and in 2019 NCMEC assisted law enforcement and families with more than 29,000 cases of missing kids. 29,000 cases. Uh, and that was, that's just in 2019. Yeah. There's yeah. so many things that, uh, you know, it just, it just really blows me out of the water, you know? Yeah. That, that we have these so many kids going missing. Uh, there are a lot of things that, that you can do to um, to have a special kid on hand and, um, you know, and what to do when your child goes missing. And Donna's, Donna's gonna share about that in just a minute. Um, but it's really, really important. And I'm just gonna turn that over to Donna right now because <laughs> I need to catch my breath. Um, <laughs> pretty emotional there. I got more emotional than I thought I would. I mean, it's been a long time, but it's still. Still. Yeah. Very, very traumatizing. We have an epidemic of missing kids. You know, you blink and they're gone. Um, yeah. Let me share just a little bit of, before I turn it over to you, Donna, let me share just a little bit more about the story. Yes. Now kids, they, they can, they're not always abducted, but there, there are stores that have you know, they have the cookie club right? in, in San Antonio, in Texas, they had Kroger, the Kroger um, grocery chain. And 
when my son was having a good day, he was a good boy, we would take a walk together and, and get a cookie for him. He was a good boy, we'd go get a cookie. And this one day, apparently, he was he decided he was a good boy and he was gonna just go on his own. He just got up and went. And He's like, I'm good. I'm going for a cookie. <laughs> you know, the drainage ditches. I mean, this is a deep drainage ditch, okay, that was absolutely dry. But he went down that, he crossed that, and he crossed a major state road that is um, that's consistently busy. It's never slow, you know, San Pedro Ave. And, and then, you know, he got as far as the parking lot when he was approached by this person. So... You know, anything can happen and it doesn't, it doesn't make anybody a bad parent. It just reminds you that how fast kids are. You blink and they're gone. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to share that a little bit about it too, because it can happen for any reason. You know, they just get up and go. Little kids don't think, you know, they want something, they're going to get up and do it. They're not going to wait for you, you know? So, yeah. They're just anyway, I'm very grateful for people that intervened and for the deputy that placed my son safely in my arms that day. I am so mm -hmm. grateful to him. And well, thank you for letting me share that bit of the story with all of you. And now I'm going to turn it over to Donna, who will be sharing <laughs> more on how, you know, keeping an eye out for missing kids also is part of our, um, as part of our community kids watch program and share a bit of other information. Um, thank you. Donna? <laughs> um, Lee, Lori, I can totally relate to what both of you are saying about because I was a very young mother. I had my son at 20, my daughter at 23. Um, two weeks after my daughter was born, we went shopping to get some things the baby needed. I went with my mom and my sister and it started out as any normal day, you know, routine a hundred times before, you know, we go shop and we have a good time. Well, on this day, um, my son decided not to ride in the cart. He wanted to walk. Well, there I am. I have the, my purse and the diaper bag all in a shopping cart. I'm carrying my daughter in my arms and I'm trying to hold his hand. Well, he has to go to the bathroom. And I said, okay, so we go to the corner of the store and it's kind of was hidden in the back. It was the old Kmart store um, before they had security cameras and all that, yeah. you know, this is back in the early nineties. Um, so I take him to the back and I'm trying to get everything into this little area so that no one would take my stuff, you know, and I'm trying to hold the door open so that I can see him in there, you know, but not put her down because like I said, back then there was no cameras. There was no little baskets in the cart to put your baby, you know? Right. So, so um, I'm there and this woman approaches me and she asks me, she says, um, would you like me to hold your baby while you help your son? I said, Oh, no, thank you. And she proceeded to ask several times and I just kept saying, no, thank you. You know, and I'm holding the door open and I'm watching him and I'm holding her. Pretty soon she's like, well, I work with children and youth and I'd be more than happy to hold your child. And I said, no, thank you. You know, and again, all of a sudden she's reaching at my daughter and she's saying, I will hold her. I will hold her. And she's grabbing onto my child like this. I didn't know what to do. I just 
I started screaming. My mom ran over, (laughs) ran over, you know, this guy that was in the store work and he ran over. Well, she took off. She instantly went right out the doors and I, I was scared to death. I've never had anything happen. I come from a small town and last week when I said things like that don't happen in small towns at that time, it didn't happen here. And I'll never forget that day. This woman just literally like trying to pull her out of my arms and we're having like this tug of war. And all I, all I started to do was scream. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And the guy come over and what was so, what was so weird about the whole thing is he asked if I was okay. And I said, yeah. And he asked if she was okay. My son was okay. And you know, um, my mom, she was kind of like a force to reckon with that day. Cause she was ready to kick butt and everything. But, um, he told me, he said, she had actually followed you around the whole store. He said, wow. you know, and I said, I really didn't pay attention because you, you don't, when you're in a store and you're looking around, you know, you're, you're basically doing your shopping, you're there to enjoy yourself or to get away or day out, whatever. You just don't really think like things like that's going to happen. Mm. But I remember, I remember saying that was it. I was done shopping. We come home and I was, I was scared. I was scared to go anywhere with them, take them anywhere. Um, I think probably, yeah, for the next couple of years, I'm going to say I hardly ever took them to a store unless I took one at a time. Cause I, I mean, I was literally scared to death. I, I never had someone try to pull something literally away from me. And I mean, we're just like tug of war and back and forth and she's two weeks old. And, and this goes on, this happens. Right out of their arms. They do. Yeah. And it just, it, it literally, it's, it scared me. And then one other time when my son was seven, we were living in Renova and um, very tight knit community. Um, He was two houses down at a very good friend of ours. Well, this good friend, he decided that they could play in the backyard. Now the backyard was fenced in, you know, it was a high fence and everything. So I thought, okay, it's not going to hurt anything, but I never let him play outside unsupervised. I would always be there. Well, my dad stepped inside to grab something off the kitchen table. In the meantime, this car approaches and he asked my son and um, his little friend if they wanted to go with him. And my son said no. And he says, well, if you come with me, I'll give you these little matchbox cars. My son said no. The other little boy, he was going to go with him. And my son told him and he said, no, you don't want to do that. He said, my mom said people will take us. (laughs) And I'm glad that he said that because then they went and we had called and we filed a report as to what happened because they had a partial make of the car and, you know, um, the color of the car. And he knew two numbers on the license plate for being so young. He was very observant, but um, they told us that it was probably a pedophile passing through and he was targeting young boys. Scary, scary, scary. It, mm-hmm. it, it is. I mean, it, it really is. So um, last week, Lee said that she kind of had like a little addition that she wanted to share with everybody. So in addition to our community kids watch program, we're going to add on the missing and we're encouraging people to look out for, you know, missing children. But um, one of the biggest things with the missing is um, it happens like right in your your backyard, your neighborhood. And a lot of people they don't know, like, if you see a stranger walking up and down the street, 
you really should take notice of that. You should notice strange cars in your community. And um, yeah. one of the big things Lee has told me time and time again, and I actually did this with my grandson. He had stayed with me for some time. I um, If I would see a vehicle and it was like a utility vehicle or a van and it didn't have windows, like I was on high alert because there are uh -huh. vehicles that are really used in abducting children. Yeah. So, you know. But um, one thing and one thing I do want to share is uh, back around Christmas, we we always share anything that has to do with missing children. I mean, if there's 10 of them a day, we share 10 a day. I mean, we never let out any child. We even go back through and we share and reshare. We try to update on the website and on um, the social media outlets to let mm -hmm. people know like this child has been brought home. And then the worst is when you have to post something you know, really bad has happened. And that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that breaks my heart because it's like, wow, you know, you're stealing someone's life, you know, in for what, you know, I mean, I know that they have sick behaviors and I know that they, they take these kids for a lot of reasons, but it's like, you don't realize you're destroying people's lives. You're destroying that kid's life, but you're destroying those parents' lives because I don't think I could personally, like live on knowing that my child was missing because I'd always be constantly thinking like, what are they go do going through? What are someone yeah. doing to them? Are they being tortured, yeah. killed or raped? You know, I just, I, I don't know. Like that's my biggest fear, but yeah. um, we do have a couple of volunteers and they focus nothing but on our missing. And I was really, really happy at Christmas time because there was a girl locally in our community that come up missing. And a couple of our volunteers that they just kept repeatedly sharing, sharing, sharing. Well, then we had a few concerned citizens and they, you know, contacted them and they let them know that, hey, this child has been seen in this area on this occasion, on these days. And um, we um, took the report and we filed it with Pennsylvania State Police and they were working behind the scenes, but they always need more information, you know, like where the child has been located or last seen or, you know, they, they ask a lot of questions and they want you to provide all this information, which is understandable. But this one volunteer we have, she was just so persistent. She just kept calling and reporting, calling and reporting, calling and reporting. And they were able to bring this child home safely. So you know, we're, we're just like kudos because, I mean, you just yeah. aided Pennsylvania State Police in bringing a child home safely. And to me, it's like, that's awesome because they're out there and they're doing the work and doing the work. And it's actually good to see, like, you work so hard and to see something come through that is actually good out of a horrible situation. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So. But um, a few things to remember if your child goes missing, um, and this is if your child goes missing in your home. Um, number one, try not to panic, but I myself panic. <laughs> so it's hard to tell people to remain calm, especially when your child's missing because all the unthinkable go th goes through your mind. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I think the worst of everything, <laughs> I'm one of those people. But, well, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you're just, your mind starts, it, you know, it'd be hard to stay calm in that situation, but you would need to, to, you know, yeah, go ahead, Donna. But um, 
So they always encourage you to begin by searching your home and look for places that a child may hide. And a lot of times children will hide under beds, in closets, in piles of laundry, um, in clothing. Um, we encourage people to check kitchen cabinets as well as bathroom cabinets because they're good little hiding places for kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if it's a hiding place, a child will find it. Um, That's for sure. We also encourage you to look inside of appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, and old freezers. And I always tell everybody, no place is too big or too small for your your child to hide. You right. might think nothing's getting in there and you open that cupboard door or that closet door and there, there could be just a tiny little cubby hole and your kid can be hiding in there. <laughs> um, yeah. We always encourage people to check their basements or crawl spaces under their home. And if they have a mobile home, a lot of times children will crawl under and hide behind the skirting of the trailer. Um, we also encourage people to check spots like tree houses, clubhouses your child may have outside. Because a lot of times they'll get busy. They may lose track of time. They can fall asleep. So, you know, we encourage them to check all those places. And if all else fails, start calling their friends at school, friends on the baseball team, you know, reaching out to anybody who would have possibly seen them last or may have been hanging out with them last. Um, and, if, and if your child does not come up missing after you've taken all those steps, then we encourage you to contact law enforcement. Um, but a lot of people ask, well, what do I do when I contact law enforcement? And it's a pretty easy process. However, you're panicked and you're nervous and you're going to forget things. So, um, the, the national, uh, missing, um, and exploited website has a lot of information on there. It's actually a checklist and you mm -hmm. can go down through and you can check to see, and I encourage people print that out, hanging on the refrigerator and just kind of get to know what's on there. That way, if anything does happen, you know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. But um, officers will ask that you provide as much identifying information about your child as possible. Um, they will ask for the child's height, weight, hair color, eye color, birthmarks, and if they have any scars. Um, they will also ask for unique crates, such as missing teeth, eyeglasses, possibly a speech impediment. Um, and most importantly is what they were wearing last when they were last seen. That is vital in helping bring your children home. Yeah, that's um, great. And I always encourage everyone, um, you know, keep a current up-to-date photo handy of your child because they're going to need that photo and it's going to go everywhere and that's going to possibly bring your child home safe mm -hmm. um, on our website we actually have it's a child id kit and you can get on there you can print it out and um, you can fill it out i have one i had one for each one of my children and mm -hmm. i have one for each one of my grandchildren you put their photo on it and you put any like i said their height weight any birthmarks scars Everything mm -hmm. about your child is on there. All you basically have to do is hand it to law enforcement officers. And I mean, it allows them to get started that much quicker. So yeah. visit our website, um, www.au4h.weebly.com. You can download that there. And like I said, it is printable. You can put all your child's information on there. I, I actually have a copy in my desk and I have a copy <laughs> downstairs in a very quick location because 
I, I am one that if anything would ever happen, I would just, I would always be wondering. Yeah. And I, I take so many precautions. I'm very cautious. I, I don't trust people to begin with. So I'm extra cautious, but even no matter how cautious you are or how prepared you are, it can still happen. So I always say, you know, take steps prior to anything happening because whether you think it can happen to your child or not, it can. Yeah. You know, um, and by the, we always do by the numbers and, um, there was 20,500 cases reported to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in 2016. 2% 2 were critically missing and 1% was injured, lost, or otherwise missing. And Lee went over the statistics, so I won't bore you with all them again. I mean, the numbers are unbelievable. A half million children. Um, between January 1st, 2012 and December 31st, 2016, over 900 Amber Alerts were issued. Yeah. Um, and 6% of them were for lost, injured, or otherwise missing children. Um, there's a lot of risk factors to consider, um, and they break them down kind of into categories, but it is like, um, it's, it's like patterns and like what is difficult. One of the biggest things is like, if your child has autism, they're very easily lured away. Mm -hmm. So, and we know that these children, they like water, as Lee said, um, you know, they like, they have special interests basically. I mean, I know several kids that have autism and they're very intelligent, but like if they like water or they like trains or boats, that is where they're encouraged to go. So, yeah. You know, so that's always a plus to check those places as well. If your child does, you know, go. You know, that's dangerous and scary because, you know, they're not afraid of that water. And, you know, they can just no. go, you know, running right in there and not know how to swim and drown. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah. Kids have no fear. The kids absolutely have no fear. Mm -hmm. You know, um, most young children are unaware that they're lost. And as we just said, they 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 really feel no fear. They don't get lonely or bored. So, you know, it's easy for them to stray away. And quick and kids can stray away very quickly. So, like Lee said, just oh, yeah. within a matter of a few seconds to a few minutes. Right. Um, you know, and there there are those kids out there that they do stray away from home, like Lee's son did, but they don't they really don't know how to get back home. No matter how much they try or make several attempts, it's hard for them to get back home. Yeah. You know, um, so Especially when they're that young, you know, Oh yes. Yes. Um, I also just want to touch on, um, like things to consider. Um, there's a lot of non-family abductions and attempts, and these are by a non-family member like mm -hmm. someone not related to the family that tries to abduct your child. But we also have to remember there are a lot of um, family members that do abduct their children. Um, and then they try to alienate the other person. Um, they tell the child right. that their parent is too busy or they don't have time for them or they don't want anything to do with them. And, yeah. you know, that, that's tough on a kid because they love both their parents. They love their mom and their dad. And when you have one parent, kind of, you know, like swaying them to think that the other parent doesn't love them or doesn't have time for them. 
it's it's hurtful to a child. And then a child kind of gets this like this build up like where they don't want anything to do with the other parent. So and we always do encourage that if your child is being alienated from you, um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I would do is I would um, document and I say document, document, document. Um, yeah. I would say um, contact like the judge or your attorney overseeing your child custody case. Let them know what's going on. Share what you have documented. Because mm -hmm. it is so easy for people to alienate one parent from the other that it, it, sure. it's, it sad, all the time. you know, but mm -hmm. they don't stop and they don't think, um, you know, like, how's that child feel like you're you're telling that child bad things about their mother or their father and you're telling them they don't have time or they don't want to be bothered. But at the end of the day, how does that child really feel knowing or thinking one parent doesn't want to be with them or doesn't love them? It, it's hard on a kid. Yeah, it's tragic how much of that's going on. And, you know, it's so heartbreaking because who ends up paying the price is the children. Yeah, the I children actually always end up paying the price. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a friend going through it right now with his daughter. And um, he had been in his daughter's life. She's 16 years old now. And all of a sudden, um, she's believing what her mother's telling her. He never had time for her. He never did anything. And he keeps saying, you know, I took her on lavish vacations, um, trips. You know, I had big birthday parties for her. You know, he said, I was below poverty level and I was still affording things for her that I couldn't afford for myself. You know, he goes, I was on my next step to being homeless. And yet I'm providing her with this big vacation. You know, he said it was it was always all about her. And he said, he said, I, I did everything possible as a parent. I loved her. I supported her. He said, but her mother is so inside her head right now that she doesn't want to listen to anything that I say. And he said, I started sending her pictures of different trips and vacations that we went on, you know, birthday parties, Christmases. He said, just days that we would go for a walk in the park or feed the ducks. You know, he said, I was sharing all these different times with her. And he said, she's just sitting there and she's like shaking her head like, no, this, this never happened. Mom told me. And mm -hmm. he said, I guess I'm kind of like in shock because why would she do that to me? Why would she want to alienate my own child from me? And he said, it's heartbreaking. And I felt so bad because like, what do you, what do you say to somebody when somebody's going through a really hard time? You, you want to be a friend. You want to be there. And I just told him, I said, you know, you know, the truth, God knows the truth. And one day she will too know the truth. I said, you have God on your side. And I said, with my heart of hearts, I said, I believe that he will show her the truth. I yeah. said, you know, but I said, the mother doesn't realize like she right now, she's really trying to hurt you. But in the process of hurting you, she's hurting your child. Right. That's what I mean. It's like the children end up paying the price every time. I know somebody who's personally going through this right now, too, with his daughters. His daughters are teenagers now, but it's the same situation. And he's his heart is just grieved because he loves his daughters and he's been you know alienated from them. And it's I said, you know, one day when they get older, they when they get older and on their own, it's a shame you have to wait that long. But when they're adults, young adults, they're going to see that you truly love them and that you want a relationship with them. And that's really great because, you know, even though they lose that, they'll never get that time back. You know, no. um, at least they know they have a parent that, that, that their parent really loved them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So you can only brainwash them for so long. Hopefully they'll straighten up. You know? But the thing is, is, 
this is sad because you know children many times they're taken out of out of for instance just in the states let's say or even in canada out of the province they're illegally taken out of the province when they're not supposed to be that's when they become a parental abduction yeah and it's like sometimes you know it it takes a lot of work to bring those children back and there's it a does. reason why supposed to be leaving the leaving the state or leaving the province um you know it's it's to protect the child right um so important like you know not everybody does the right thing by children that's why we fight so hard you know um to to you know promote education and prevent child abuse right um and lee was adding something here lee was saying that people can sign up with cell phone providers to get amber alerts yeah yeah, I we instantly get them on our phones. Um, I don't know if it's like with our carrier that everyone does, but um, we get them. And it's like every time that it like one of those come across my phone, I just kind of like stop. I instantly screenshot it and either I'll post it or I send it to one of the girls to post because we try to keep them, you know, update updated. Like I said, we have so many people that check our website and our social media. And like I said, we were able to bring a girl home. And it's like, I know if you just keep going and keep going and you never give up that, you know, you can bring these kids home safe. And I thank God that this girl was brought home safe. I'd like to see them all come home safe. Yeah, me too. And this, you know, if we, like all of us, if we could all just all of us do what we can to watch and be another set of eyes out here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, important. just, you know, find out who's missing in your area. Just take a look at those pictures and, you know, think, you know, think to yourself, Hey, I could be out today and, you know, I could save a child's life. Right. Yeah. You really could. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people think that that is true, but I know when the child come home in our area, everybody was like, wow, how did this happen? And it's like, what happened? Because we have people that, you know, are persistent and they're dedicated to seeing these kids come home safe. Mm -hmm. And I know it can be annoying that we're sending out 20 tweets a day or we're sharing 20 Facebook messages a day. But at the end of the day, if it brings home a kid safe, I, I don't, I personally don't see a problem with it. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, um, let me add here that, you know, Donna, you were just talking about the Amber Alerts. If yes. for anybody that has a cell phone, and I know there are some folks who, who don't have a cell phone. Um, I have one for, for simply for texting. It's really important. But whatever cell phone provider you have out there, um, you can go to their website, contact them. There's a way you can sign up for Amber Alerts um, and critical incidences in your area. Um, now, right now I'm in Northwest Florida, but I still get them for, you know, Alabama and, you know, surrounding areas. And it's really important. And another thing is if you want to do something and, and you don't know what to do, go to one of the websites that we have um, – listed on our resources page list and you can go to one of those you can start sharing you can share a um, a missing kid poster once a day you can share one once a week or, or i mean that's up to you but you can start sharing and helping to get their information out there because the quicker you get the information out there the um 
the quicker we can get, you know, we can help our kids get home and mm -hmm. we can bring them home safely. And first 48 hours is really critical. I can't stress yeah. how, how important that is. So, yeah. But there, like I said, there are multiple websites that we have listed on our research page and on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the um, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They also have um, they also have a, a page that lists all the clearinghouses for every state. Yeah. So you can go there. You can click on you know you can click on your state and you can start sharing and right. you know and help help bring the kids home. You know, do your part. You don't know who is going to receive or see the information that you share with your social network or even in an email to someone, um, you don't know. It, it takes all of us working together to get that information so that the right person can see it and said, oh, hey, you know what? I think I've seen that little girl or that little boy um, or that kid looks familiar. You know, it's so just go and start sharing, start mm -hmm. sharing. And, and if you think of it, if you remember it, you know, tag five friends, start with the tag five friends, then ask them to do the same. And, you know, you've got that, you've got that rolling and, you know, it's just important. Do your part, do your part. It doesn't matter what it is that you do to help, whatever you can do safely. And um, it's so important. You help, you'll help get a kid home. And, you may not know, you know, if it was your message that, or, or your text, or your your share on social media. You know, we don't know who that person is going to be down the line that's going to recognize this information. Um, but it's important that we do this. And what I've noticed in we've had here in the local Walmart, Walmarts have set them up as a kiosk um, that has missing yeah. and has alerts and. Yeah, it right. shows pictures and it, you know, it has a lot of missing kids on there and they change that from time to time. I, I like, they had it up on a wall once they had something really big up on the wall and they had all the posters, but mm -hmm. I think this gets out information better in real time and updated information. So, you know, if you're in a store and you see one of those kiosks, stop, stop, take a look at the posters, take a look at the information that's being shared, you know, and, um, you know, and text somebody, share it on social media while you're staying in there. Um, mm -hmm. It's important that, that we all do our part to help these kids. It's vital. Thank you very much. That's awesome. It, it is. Sharing is vital to bringing the kids home. Yeah. Um, runaways being, oh uh, yeah, runaways. I know that, you know, when you file a report, if your kid has, if your child has run away, you know, they will list them as a runaway. Mm. But there are a lot of times that that even some agencies will look and say, oh, you know, well, that the kid ran away They're They'll be back when they're hungry. They usually um, or, or they'll come home if it's an older teenager. Well, they might be at a friend's house or, or something. They'll, they'll come back by morning. If not, then, yeah, we'll take a report then. But you make a report. Absolutely make a report and stand your ground on making that report and let make them take it because I, I, the word runaway is people tend to get stuck on the fact that you know the kid is a runaway. There's so right. many different problems that kids run away, 
Yeah. I mean, sometimes right. it might be just like, you know, teenage rebellion is like, yeah, I, I don't want to deal with these rules here. You know, I, you know, I'm a teenager. I, I know, you know, I know everything, you know, I got my own rules to live by. <laughs> and, you know, it's speaking from, you know, a house full of kids with experience with my siblings. Um, I know that kids are going to run away if they don't like something going on at home, if they can't get what they want or, and there are instances where, where some of those kids may end up being trafficked and yeah, just keep an eye open. That's, you know, that's really heartbreaking. Um, that's really heartbreaking because that's, it just can happen so well, quickly. You know, a child. A lot, of, a lot of kids that, you know, most kids that go missing do end up come home safely, but there are those, there are um, quite a number of kids that, that don't. And sex trafficking is one area where, I mean, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think no. about a kid. Um, no. I mean, even, even toddlers, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I honestly can't recall the, the particular case name, but. It, there was a, a parent who, I mean, she sold her child for drugs. Mm -hmm. I remember and that that child. This happens. Yeah, ended up being found. I believe it was in Georgia at a landfill. Mm. Okay, um, it the case became too hot, so you know, obviously, then the the child ended up being murdered. Yeah, you know, they just kill those children and they find those children all over the place. It's so, terrible. You know, I think this is my personal thoughts. This is my personal thoughts. It's not professional, but it's a, it's not a professional thought, but it's a personal thought that if you list your child is, if your kid is a runaway, uh, you list that with the agency that you file a report on, but that I don't feel that that should be included because people get stuck on the fact on, on the term runaway. Yeah. The thing that's most important to remember is there's a child missing. That child's missing. That's child exactly. missing. Yes. Yeah. And that should be at the forefront of everybody's minds, not thinking, well, they're a runaway or they've run away before. So you know, we're not going to put as much effort into trying to find this kid right now because they run away one, two, three, four, five times, whatever. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot of reasons why kids run away. It could yeah. be simple as, you know, I don't want to follow the rules, or I don't like that rule, or, I mean, there's so many other reasons. There could be abuse happening at home, too. Yeah, that's right. And that needs to be looked, in, looked into um, in many of these cases, as yeah. opposed to just bringing the kid and putting them back in the home. If they're yeah. continuing to run away, there's something going on. Yeah. It's something's got to be checked into. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just so important. Like a lot of runaways, a lot of runaways, Lori. Though they are sexually assaulted and they try to yeah. run from the abuse, or they're physically abused and they, and they try to run away. Yeah, I don't like the term either, runaway, because they end up being abused on the street too, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. it seems like end up dead anyway. You know, because a predator gets a hold of them. Yeah. It just seems like, it just seems like when they list them as um, a runaway, it's a, and I shouldn't say this, but it almost feels like it's not as important of a case 
Yeah. And to me, each case is important, you know, and like I said, a lot of kids are running away from the violence or sexual assault. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that they're just, you know, these badass kids out there and they're trying to get away. Although you do have kids that are rebellious or, you know, they go stay to friends for a couple of days and then they come back. But a lot of them, you know, that do run away, they do have underlying issues such as, like I said, um, they're being abused or sexually assaulted. Mm hmm. It's sad. It's sad when you think about it. Well, terrific. And well, you know, before we end because we've only got a few minutes. Can I just add add something here? You well, know, yeah. And this is from NCMEC. Out of the nearly twenty six thousand three hundred runaways that were reported to, to NCMEC in twenty nineteen, one in six of those, one in six of those were likely victims of, of sex trafficking. I saw yeah. that. It's, uh, it's just. It's heartbreaking. It breaks my heart. Like to, to, we we do these shows and we talk about this and we have you know, I mean you know, people don't realize like this is we all need to be a voice for these children. We all need to be involved. You know, we all need to care about the children. We really do, because if we don't, then who is you know what I mean? Then there's there's some good caring parents out there that care about their children too, and their children are missing. But I'm just saying, we all need to care about these children. And it is up to all of us, you know? It is. It is. It's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs to protect them and watch over them. And I think that this is a, a, a great addition to the Community Kids Watch program. I think I that people are watching and listening, you know, that it's going to help on all levels, either protecting children or having children being abducted. I, I just... I think that it is a great addition. When Lee first said about it, I kind of thought, well, you know, it's it's kind of included. But then once she started giving me more details, it was like, yes, we have to add this part to the program because it's vital. Mm -hmm. It is vital. Absolutely. So important. So, yeah, people can get a hold of us on our website if you'd like to join in and, and become an ambassador and, you know, be an ambassador in your own community, in your own neighborhood, in your own block. <laughs> You're your own block, your own apartment building, whatever, um, you know, you can get involved and you can go to our website. We've got all of our links down in this, in the description below. You can follow us on, like, yeah, follow us. Like we're on, we're, and we post quite regularly. So, you know, um, yes. yep. fresh updated info on the, our Facebook pages and on our Twitter accounts, Instagram, like all over the place. So just, you know, if you want to be involved, you can be involved. And you can help us, you know, and help the children of the world. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take much. It just takes somebody to care. And I know we do, the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot we more do. Do as well. We have all kinds of people that work, that volunteer with us. We're just doing the radio thing here, but all sorts of ambassadors for, for children um, support and, and work with Advocates United for Humanity and work with us to do this. But you know, we need you in there too. Um, all of you who will be listening to this as archive, you know, watching this, if you're listening to this on the radio, if you're watching the video someplace, you know, you can get involved too. Yeah. But even if you don't want to get involved with us, get involved with somebody locally in your community and make a difference. You know, this world needs more people to care about what's going on with the children, especially because they're vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. I always say, if you don't want to get involved with our organization, pick an organization and, you know, get, get involved. And 
just by being involved, it makes you feel so good to be doing something positive. And I know us, we're all about positive change. So, yeah, you know, right. like I said, I encourage I encourage anyone, like I said, to get involved, um, visit our website. But Lori, before we sign off, I have one thing to say. My my grandsons are YouTube stars. <laughs> my grandsons are YouTube Until stars. Next time. My grandsons are YouTube stars. And they told me that we're not ending our shows right. So I'm going to end the show like they do. They told me that we I have to start saying that you need to visit our YouTube page and smash that like button. <laughs> smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> and smash that subscribe button <laughs> and share our information that's right and we hope that you will we hope that you'll you'll not only join us and be a part of us and be a part of the conversation but share our info get it out there we're a new channel on youtube get our info out there and you get it you share this stuff around and you get involved and help help make this a better world for children and for everybody really so thanks ladies it was wonderful thanks for having us and we shall see you next Wednesday, because as far as we know, we're all going to be there next Wednesday. <laughs> and um, we'll we'll be announcing the show and stuff. You can check it out on our Facebook page there. And um, we just wish you a wonderful week, all of you who've been, you know, who tune into the show. And take good care of yourselves. Until next time, ladies. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you next time.